The following program is brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations, and the views and opinions may not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this station. Today on The Travel Guys. In the travel news, we'll tell you about the guy who decided to skip luggage and wear all of his clothes onto the plane. And did you know if cruise lines lose your luggage, they only owe you 100 bucks? The shocking details are coming up. At 3.20 in our Smarter Traveler segment, we remind you why an online travel agency may not be the best way to plan your travels. Sacramento has been on a roll when it comes to new air service. New nonstops are being added all the time, and now it's time to look for more new international flights. Mark Haneke joins us at 3.35 from the airport to update us on coming attractions at SMF. Road reporter Clayton Whitehead joins us to tell us about a new theater trip to Chicago featuring the new Broadway-bound story of Cher and a chance to see Hamilton. Clayton has all the details coming up at 3.50. Imagine that, the story of Cher on the stage. It's wow. Sunday afternoon in Sacramento. We are most pleased you have chosen to spend part of your day right here with the Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Welcome, everyone. It's another edition of The Travel Guys. Every Sunday, 3 to 4, here on KFBK. Your hosts are Mark Hoffman to my left, and I'm Tom Romano, and we're brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Well, a good afternoon, Mark. Oh, uh, by the way, before I forget, follow along with everything we talk about here on The Travel Guys at TravelGuysRadio.com. Good afternoon, Mark. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing okay, sir. How was your week? Well, you know, this was one of those weeks, and I'm sure a lot of people can identify with this, of um, of sickies. Oh yeah, you that's know? right. You were under the weather last week, so you sound better today. I'm doing I'm doing a lot a lot better. And so, but you were kind enough to give this to your 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 spouse. It sounds yeah, like. It, it, that, so the warning to all of us here that uh, if you got something, do your best to try to keep it to yourself. You know, the flu shot this year. I'm told uh, by my doctor last week that they kind of you know, the flu shot is an attempt to guess ahead of time what viruses might be the ones most in play and apparently this year they they the guests didn't work out too well so even if you got a flu shot it may not do, do you a whole lot of good so so take care of yourself because there are lots of great adventures out there awaiting you there you go that's uh, uh, some tips from the uh, the travel guys doctors i guess huh? <laughs> yeah we're not web, really web travel md right here exactly we're not we're not really doctors but we we play ones on radio all right uh, <laughs> exactly. okay with that being said at the top of every travel guys radio show we do the travel news so, and with the travel news, and we got lots of good stuff for you today, uh, here's Mark. Well, we do have lots of good stuff for you today. Lots of kind of interesting stuff. 
Uh, we mentioned in the headlines that, uh, well, a gentleman tried to board an airplane uh, in Iceland at Keflavik Airport, and he decided that instead of paying baggage fees, you know, we, we've joked about this from time to time, Tom, yes. you and I, and I'm sure other people have said, oh, well, you know, I'll just avoid those baggage fees, just take all the clothing out of your suitcase and wear it all onto the plane. Well, this guy, uh, a guy named uh, Ryan Williams, likes to have to be called Ryan Hawaii, thought he was clever. Um, he went ahead and put 10 layers of clothing on, and tried to get on an airplane. Well, uh, the the Norwegian uh, the, the the folks who were who were boarding him didn't think that was all that funny, and uh, apparently he was very rude also to the airline employees, and so they didn't let him on the plane. Uh, they had to call the police and subdue him and pepper spray him in the airport. <laughs> and so, if you're thinking about the, uh, I'm also wondering how would you sit down with ten layers of clothing on. Be a little bulky. It would be a little bulky. No doubt about it. You'd look like, uh, you know, big giant snowman trying to find your way into your, you know, onto your seat. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm thinking here. The, uh, um, he was a Brit, and apparently this guy has done this before. And so I don't know if the airlines knew that he was coming or they decided to confront him on it. But anyway, I guess the bottom line to this is that if you're going to try to wear all of your clothing, 10 shirts and six pairs of pants. Tom, Delta Airlines is enacting tighter regulations for passengers who travel with service and emotional support animals. This is really big news. Um, Delta says there's been an 84% increase in incidents involving untrained or poorly trained animals since 2016. Includes animals urinating, defecating uh, on board, biting passengers or crew. Uh, so Delta has enacted some regulations starting March the 1st. You will have to, if you're traveling with a service animal, you will have to show proof of health or vaccinations for the animal. 40 hours before flying if you're flying with an emotional or psychological support animal there are even stricter standards you will need a letter from your doctor or a mental health professional along with a signed document confirming the animal can behave during a flight so this is going to change the number of animals in the cabin on airlines and i just have to say i'm one of those people who this whole situation has gotten completely out of hand somebody is going to board with a pet rhinoceros one of these days and say it's a support animal so um Kudos to Delta Airlines. I suspect that the other airlines will probably follow in short order. But kudos to Delta for sticking their neck out a little bit and uh, creating some rules that I think will make it better for everyone, including those folks who truly have service animals and need to travel with them in order to be able to get around. They are the folks who are who suffer the most from all of these uh, imitation service dogs that are out there. So anyways, great news from Delta Airlines. Um, here's an interesting one from the American Airlines CEO, Doug Parker. He was talking with some of his staff, some of his flight attendants, and they told him that the new uh, the, the restrooms on his new 737 airplanes have a little bit of a design flaw, and it's hard to be able to use the sink, and it's hard to be able to close the door. And his comment when he was asked about, you know, do you, do you know about that? He said, well, gosh, I haven't been on one of those planes. Oh, boy. 
Um, so the guy who is in charge of cramming us into the back of an aluminum tube and stacking us one on top of each other with Crisco as the only way to move around um, has never even been on one of his own crappy airplanes to see how miserable he has created the accommodations for us. Of course, as someone in my office said, well, he probably has a, f- a private jet, mm-hmm. so he doesn't have to worry about things like that. Well, All right. There you go. Well, you know what? Uh, you know, if, if you're going to serve a meal, you should taste it beforehand. <laughs> this one is kind of hard to believe, Tom. I, I confess I had no idea. And uh, this is about the cruise lines and the fact that their luggage liability, NCL specifically here, um, is really only $100. It's written into their their carriage contract. So that uh, you, if if they lose your luggage, you know, if an airline loses your luggage, it's fifteen hundred bucks is the maximum value. A hundred dollars, good lord! If 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 you had, I mean, you're going on a cruise, you're probably going to have, uh, you know, a formal outfit or two. Hopefully, you're not stupid enough to bring expensive jewelry and stuff like that and put it in your checked luggage or to bring expensive jewelry at all on a cruise. Right. But nonetheless, a um, hundred dollars. This this is something that's kind of crying out for a little attention from somebody. Uh, really, a hundred dollars liability, so they can basically lose your luggage, stamp on it, run a ship over it, <laughs> and at the end of the day, all they have to do is give you a hundred dollar bill. So, um, be careful. The point of all of this is that um, cruise lines have been hiding a secret from most of us for quite some time, and that is that when it comes to liability for handling your luggage, they have almost none. So you need to put almost nothing in those suitcases of value because if it gets lost and it comes to be the cruise line's fault, uh, you're going to be on the short end of the stick. Here's another really good um, news item. This has to do with people who fly United Airlines and who fly frequently on United. I'm one of those people. Uh, This is a a, a column written by uh, Heather from Mommy Points who has been who's a blogger who has been on our program a couple times as a guest. And Heather reminds folks that if you uh, fly United with any frequency, if you're only flying once or twice a year, then this doesn't really apply. But if you're flying often enough to accumulate enough miles to be redeeming tickets once a year, couple times a year, whatever, you de- you need to have a United credit card. People who have a United Chase credit card see a lot more options at a lot better rates in terms of redeeming points when they go online. So Heather has really pointed out something here that I probably should have pointed out to our listeners a long time ago, and that is that, um, at least with United, if you have a United credit card, when you go to use points, you will have a lot more options because you had that credit card as opposed to someone who doesn't have the card and someone who doesn't have the card may not see any options at all whereas you may have eight or ten choices available to you so that's a kind of something to keep in mind. We mentioned that Alaska Airlines was going to start flying from Everett, from Payne Field. Uh, We told you this last summer, United Airlines is also going to have some flights from there. Alaska has announced that they will serve eight cities with 13 flights a day from Payne Field to start with. Almost every one of their West Coast cities except Sacramento. No. So Payne Field, for those of you who don't know, is the Boeing airport. It is up in Everett, and it's where uh, they they fly the finished Boeing airplanes out to wherever it is that they're going. But uh, it was originally a passenger air terminal, and now it will be a passenger air terminal once again. 
the FAA is investigating yet another runway incident at San Francisco International Airport. Remember the Air Canada plane that just missed four or five planes waiting to take off? Well, an Aeromexico plane lined up to land on the wrong, on the taxiway instead of the runway um, recently. So that's a little bit of a problem. Um, they need to, need to do something about that right away. American Airlines is empowering their flight attendants to fix things on board planes. If you have a problem, they will be happy to award you some frequent flyer miles on the plane. No cash, but they can do that. Marriott also, if you are a Marriott traveler, you should know that Marriott pays up when they fail to deliver elite benefits. There's a whole page on their website. If you are supposed to get breakfast or a certain kind of room or an arrival amenity or something like that, and Marriott does not give that to you, they will pony up. So if you are a Marriott frequent guest, um, go to Marriott.com and take a look at that. Megabus has halted their Reno service from Sacramento while increasing their San Francisco service slightly. Give you an extra way to get to San Francisco and one less way to get to Reno. And that's your travel news for today. Boy, lots of stuff there. By the way, if you missed some of it or you joined us uh, kind of in the middle, you can always go to TravelGuysRadio.com. We have all of our shows in podcast form uh, right there. And in fact, if you want to, you can actually sign up for a notification from the Travel Guys as to when our podcasts are available, usually within 24 hours of, uh, of our broadcast. Well, you know, we all want to save money. Uh, particularly when we travel uh, by trying to get the best rate for an airline or a cruise or a hotel. And the temptation to use online and third-party bookings is is pretty pretty big but from time to time we'll uh, we warn you here on the travel guys that it may not be the smartest way to go coming up we're going to make you a smarter traveler as we delve right into that third-party online booking with mark that's next here on the travel guys Thanks for joining us here to make you a smarter traveler. It's Mark and Tom. We are the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Uh, you know, oftentimes when uh, it's just it's just second nature because we use the computer so much. When I'm looking for a hotel or I'm going to do some travel to, to Google. Uh, best rate uh, and and kind of want to see what's out there. Uh, but, you know, I've learned by being part of this show with you, Mark, that before I pull the trigger on any of that stuff, I stop and uh, and think twice. And uh, I see you have uh, some great information here in regards to uh, the caution that you need to take. So tell our listeners why sometimes third party and online booking isn't always the best way to go. Well, and usually, Tom, when the thing that sparks me talking about this again, because we do it frequently here on the Travel Guys, is is seeing somebody somewhere with an online third-party booking, an online travel agency, and they're at the hotel desk or they're at the airline counter, and they're trying to explain why they think that they should be getting something different than what it is that they're getting, and it's usually not going well. And it's usually kind of a dead end. I mean, it usually ends with the traveler being frustrated and angry and upset. 
And um, it usually ends with the person on the other side being frustrated and sometimes angry uh, because there isn't always a whole lot they can do for you. Booking.com, Travago, Hotels.com, Plan My Trip, Get a Room. Good Lord, there's so many of them. And what do they have in common? Well, uh, what they have in common, in my opinion, is a general lack of customer service, particularly urgent customer service. The kind of customer service, you know, Tom, you're standing there at the hotel desk and you've got your reservation in hand or on your phone and, and you're not understanding why they're not seeing it your way. And so you think, well, you know, maybe I should call the people who helped me do this. Well, good luck to you if you call one of those online folks because the chances of them answering are very, very slim. And if they do answer, the chances of them having somebody to help you are probably even slimmer. So uh, you have an issue or something after the fact and you you do a refund or some type of compensation or you want to talk to somebody, good luck again, because these guys are not about customer service. One of the reasons that they can offer you sometimes a price that's a little bit better is that lack of service. Service costs money. If you go to the grocery store and you have to stand in a long line because they don't have enough checkers, uh, service costs money. And uh, sure, they can offer you good pricing in some cases because they don't have that level of customer service. So, Tom, you know, what do you do if you get into one of these, uh, you're, you're booking travel and you're trying to do the right thing? My, here's my suggestion you go online. Visit some of those. I used to use kayak.com a whole lot. Uh, Travago is another one. Most of these are all owned by three or four corporate entities at this point in time. So you may go from one site to another and not know it, but you're still with the same parent company. Or you may look at kayak.com and see the best price, and they send you to booking.com. And guess what? Kayak and booking may be owned by exactly the same company. So what incentive did they have to really make sure that you got the best deal? Or did they just have a greater incentive to advertise the properties that are giving them a better commission? or that are allowing them to make a better profit. And maybe they're headlining those properties and trying to get you to stay in one of those, never mind the fact that when you go online and you look at the reviews, those are awful. And, you know, and the, the, the bottom line is ruining a great trip to save 50 or or $100, is it really worth it? Well, that's kind of the question. Um, so what do you do? I, I suggest you go online and you compare prices. I think a smart consumer does that. Use these, especially these places that have TripAdvisor is another one that lists multiple hotels. Uh, Kayak will list all the airlines except for Southwest and Spirit and Frontier. Um, so you have to remember when you're looking at websites, Southwest generally is not in those, those multiple choice websites. So you have to check Southwest separately. But you find yourself the best price and then you go and you book directly with the vendor what are your advantages if it's a hotel you're going to get free Wi-Fi in your room particularly if you're a member of their frequent guest program Um, if you're uh, let's pretend for a minute that you're one of those travelers who has a problem you get to the hotel desk and they say hey we don't know you we don't have a reservation for you Um, you're standing at a Best Western imagine if you could now dial up the Best Western website and speak to somebody at Best Western because you booked through Best Western and the person on the other side of the counter can see you booked through Best Western. So they're probably approaching your whole situation just a little bit differently than if you came to them from booking.com.
And when you call Best Western, they're going to answer the phone, most likely, and they're going to have somebody there who can provide you with some level of customer service. Okay, Mark, uh, with all of that being said, tell our listeners, you know, uh, when you're in a tough spot and you're standing at the counter and you, and you, you know, you, you don't have the answers, what, what do you recommend? How should you act? Oh, what this what should is, be your approach? You know, I, I have learned this from Chris Elliott, um, our, our regular guest who is a great consumer advocate and reading Chris's website, Elliott.org, by the way, Elliott.org. Com, by the way, um, if you're looking for a great consumer website anyways, um, Chris will tell you, and I agree, and, and this is really don't threaten people. Don't stand at the counter and say, if you don't do this the way I want, I'm going to write you up on social media. I'm going to write you up on every social media that there is, and you're going to lose all of your business, and it's going to be awful. Uh, because they have heard that line before, and it isn't going to do anything except, you know the old adage, if you're, if you're in a hole and you're trying to get out, stop digging. Right. <laughs> uh, lay down the shovel. So if you stand at a counter and you argue with somebody who makes $12 an hour for being there, or even if you get up to the manager level, um, all you're proving is that you're an ignorant, pompous you know what, and their their willingness to help you is going to drop dramatically. Don't lawyer up. Not only do you don't threaten people, but don't tell them, well, I'm going, I'm going to call my lawyer. I, or, or you're on the phone talking with somebody about a situation that's already occurred, and you're like, well, I'm going to get my lawyer involved in this. Because corporate people have been trained to totally recoil when you mention the word lawyer or lawsuit or anything like that. Your your cooperation level can go from 100% to zero in five seconds. So don't threaten the lawyer thing. And use make sure you use words like how disappointed you are, or, you know, I've always had a better experience, or, um, it, you know, be humble, because you're gonna get a lot more help, and you know what, I've always said you can always yell at the end of the conversation if that's what you want to do, but you might wanna keep that card in your back pocket uh, until you absolutely have to play it. Remember, when it comes to travel, you often get what you pay for. Third-party online agencies that book your travel fit perfectly into that category. If you're hoping for service, if it's something where you think that you might need some service at some point or you're not the most experienced traveler, it's something you need to consider. Very good advice. I've uh, talked to and, and know people personally that have been in that situation, and and uh, when they've been courteous and they've explained their case, you know, almost to, to the person, it's turned out in their favor. So there you go. Great advice. We are the Travel Guys, uh, here to make you a smarter traveler. And when we come back after we check in with the KFBK News Department, we're going to spend a little bit of time with uh, one of the higher-ups with the Sacramento airport, uh, Mr. Mark Haneke. We're going to talk about all the new things that are on the horizon for us that fly out of the Sacramento airport uh, right here on the Travel Guys. That's coming up next. Thank you for joining us. We are the Travel Guys. Mark Hoffman and Sam Romano brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations here every Sunday between 3 and 4 to help make you a smarter traveler. Mark, 
introduce our very special guest with us today on the line. Joining us uh, is Mark Haneke. Mark is the Air Service Development and Marketing Director at the airport. That's a nice, long, fancy title, and I think that means his job is to find us new destinations and new airlines and new air services. Is that about right? Mark, welcome to the Travel Guys. That sums it up. Yep, you're exactly right. So, Mark, we read in the Sacramento Bee a week or so ago that the airport is out on the market offering incentives, which is kind of the way that, as we explained to our listeners after that article appeared, that's the way that you that, that secondary airports like Sacramento are able to secure, at least to start with, uh, new carriers and new service. So tell us internationally, domestically, we've seen a lot of new service roll into Sacramento here in the last year or so. It's pretty exciting. Uh, what's on the board for the next 12 months or so? In terms of net new service, uh, you guys probably heard last August when Southwest came in, and they're already our largest market shareholder with over 52% of our passengers handled. But they came in, and they announced a huge expansion here in Sacramento beginning this spring. They're going to start nonstop service from Sacramento to Cabo on Saturdays beginning March 10th. Um, also to uh, Sunday-only service to New Orleans uh, that begins the same time. And then in April, they will launch daily nonstop service from Sacramento to both Austin and uh, St. Louis, which we're really thrilled about. And then coming May 6th, uh, they will launch daily nonstop service to Orlando, which will be our first nonstop to Florida. And I would note that that would be our eighth um, gateway nonstop on the East Coast. So we're really thrilled with that. Uh, Finally, in May, we also have announced uh, in the beginning of December um, new service by Air Canada nonstop to Vancouver, and that's really service reinstatement. Air Canada was here just before the financial crisis back in 2007-2008. They pulled out because of the situation, and now they're back with a better product and a better aircraft and better connections throughout Canada and internationally. So we're thrilled to have them back in the, in the market. Yeah, not a full-size jet, but a bigger plane, a better, as you mentioned, better uh, accommodations than we had before. Mark, I'm sure that it's not um, kosher to speculate on things that are going to happen, but Mm -hmm. look into your crystal ball and on your wish list, Mm -hmm. and if you could have what your wish list wanted for Sacramento, what would it be? Well, there's, I, I think there's opportunity for us to fill out a few things. I mean, for example, we've got great coverage across the com- country to all of the major hubs, so we're pleased there. Um, of course, I'd love to have additional nonstop service on certain transcon markets, especially one thing that probably be towards the top of my wish list would be a daytime eastbound flight to New York, be that to, um, to Newark Airport or to JFK. Uh, and that's something that I continually bring up with airlines. Uh, the issue is that it, it eats up a lot of aircraft time, so and the slots are at a premium at JFK uh, in particular. So it's difficult to get that, but that's something I always push for because I know that for business travelers in, in particular, but also leisure travelers, they'd like to have an eastbound uh, daytime flight to New York instead of the red eyes. Um, so that's, that's something there. Uh, I think there's definitely opportunity for us to increase a nonstop service to some key beach destinations. Um, you know, Alaska Airlines launched Cabo this past summer, and they serve that seasonally. Um, now, Southwest is also entering that market, but again, it's only on, on Saturdays. I think we have the potential to grow um, Cabo to become a daily flight over time or in conjunction perhaps with uh, another beach destination in Mexico like Puerto Vallarta. So that would be strong for me. 
The other uh, market that I think we have a lot more of potential in is Hawaii. Um, specifically, I'd love to see nonstop service to both Kona as well as Lahui on the island of uh, Kauai. Um, and as you've probably read in the press, Southwest plans to add service to Hawaii. They have not announced from where yet on the mainland, um, but I think our chances are good for probably at least one nonstop a day from from this market to Hawaii, and that remains to be seen what market that would be. I think it probably would be either Honolulu or Maui, but we'll, time will tell and we'll see. Well, and a critical thing, Mark, and for folks listening, a critical thing for an airline when they're putting in new international service in particular, or new service to any place, is are there connecting passengers who can feed into that? So mm-hmm. the fact that Southwest does have so much service and so many flights in Sacramento would mean that, yes, they would be able to feed into a flight that departed Sacramento after 8 o'clock in the morning, why they could bring people in from a lot of different outlying areas. And the, the expanded extra service has helped dramatically. Uh, I can tell you, Mark, uh, we took a group to Spokane in mm-hmm. uh, in December on a trip that now takes an hour and 40 minutes, leaves here at a, at a at the human standard time of 9 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, and goes up to Spokane and turns around and comes back. So that turned what used to be a four- to six-hour trip because you had to connect in Denver or Seattle or San Francisco uh, to go to Spokane. So that's one of those kind of secondary cities that people had to go around their rear end to get to their elbow. And uh, now with the work that you folks are doing out there at the airport with some with a new service, you've eliminated that. Let's talk about a couple of other quick topics here. What about the hotel situation? We heard there was going to be a Hyatt Place Hotel out there. We haven't heard anything for a while. Is there any good news or any update on that area? Right. So uh, I've spoken with our folks in properties, and what they've advised is that they did issue a second RFP, but there wasn't a a strong response to that. So for right now, they've uh, tabled the idea of the the location next to the uh, parking garage uh, that where the Hyatt Hyatt place was uh, targeted to go, but they're looking at other options uh, for other sites here on the airport property. So that's, I would say the answer to that is it's under review, um, but uh, it, it was stalled a bit based on the situation of what happened with Hyatt Place. Our special guest here, Mark Haneke, Director of Services and Development and Marketing for the Sacramento International Airport. Mark, uh, I'm sure you get a lot of feedback from those that uh, use the airport, fly in and out. What is the top two or three things that you are hearing on a regular basis that that people are asking for? Uh, We've discussed the hotels. We've discussed the more international flights. Anything else? Well, I I know one of the things that they like the most about um, our airport is convenience. Um, It's fast, easy, efficient, etc. One thing that we have uh, heard some feedback on is, for example, you know, the frequency of, of buses uh, to and from the rental car um, uh, spot just that's uh, on airport property, but uh, just a short ride away. So that's something that we try to stay on top of and try to make ensure that uh, people's wait times for the buses are um, as, as limited as possible. Um, and then in terms of other, other new opportunities, yeah, the hotel is one thing that is, is definitely something of interest. We're also looking at other enhancements. There, there are certain IT providers that can provide um, information related to wait times 
um, at TSA checkpoints and that sort of thing. And, and so we're exploring some options in that regard. You might have noticed on our website that we've enhanced the parking feature so that it actually shows how many physical parking spots are available in each one of our uh, parking locations, both the garage as well as the lots. And that's updated every couple of minutes. So it really gives pretty much real-time access to how many slots are available. And that's particularly helpful um, during holiday periods when uh, parking is a bit tighter. We have really a great airport. I mean, we really truly do. I mean, we suffered for a few for for some years with a facility that was a little outdated and, and way too small. But now we really have one of the finest airport facilities in the country. There's plenty of move, room to move around. There are great places to eat. It, it really mark all of the folks involved in the airport. I mean, I've I've been doing business out there for almost four decades, and yeah. it really is. It's a pleasure to be in the Sacramento. Airport, and you cannot say that about a great percentage of the airports in the country. Having mm-hmm. said that, there is one thing on the list here that mm-hmm. has come up a couple of times when Sacramento, we got ranked as the best medium-sized airport in the country, and you even beat out, your, your score beat out some of the bigger boys that uh, mm-hmm. we would have finished ahead of them if they'd been included in our category. But we're trying to get more international business in, and mm-hmm. we've shown up on a couple lists. Admittedly, these lists are a little bit aged now, but the right. time to clear customs in Sacramento was atrocious. Mm-hmm. Is as is, is, is that improved? Is there something being done in that area to make us look a little better there? Yeah, so I've seen a couple of those reports, too. I, I think we were on one list, um, it might have been a year or 18 months ago, where it said uh, Sacramento does things the old-fashioned way where you just have to queue, and we didn't have any particular aids for speeding up the process. But um, as you rightly mentioned, um, I think that's based on some old data. I came on board here in um, June of 2015, and I can tell you about a couple of enhancements that we've done to our international arrivals procedures for passengers here. So one thing we did was in July of 2016, we added two global entry kiosks in the international arrivals area. When passengers who are in this program arrive at an international gateway, they're able to uh, go right up to the kiosk, put down their their fingerprints, and um, they're cleared through the system within 30 seconds. Um, So that's one enhancement that we've had now for the last uh, year and a half. Um, and that is, is showing some signs of, uh, of passenger acceptance. The other thing that we implemented a year ago now was mobile passport control. And what that is, is it's a special program, it's an app that you can download on your iPhone or Android, and you can fill out all of your customs information on that app rather than filling out the paper form. And then when you land, at Sacramento, you turn on your phone, you, um, you're able to speed through customs and there's a, a special line for handling the mobile passport control. The other benefit of that is that you can process like an entire family together. So it saves on paperwork, it saves on time, and it's efficient and easy and it's free. Sounds like that you're on top of the situation, so I suspect Sacramento won't be on the bottom of that list the next time that we see it. Uh, Mark Haneke, thank you very much for your time. Mark is the Director of Air Service Development and Marketing at the airport. It sounds like he is the man. Mark, thank you very much for your time today, and we look forward to talking to you again on The Travel Guys. My pleasure. Coming up next, road reporter Clayton Whitehead joins the Travel Guys talk about a trip to Chicago to see two magnificent Broadway shows. That's next.
Welcome, it's the Travel Guys. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano on KFBK brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations here to make you a smarter traveler. Mark? Well, Thomas, we have an exciting trip to tell you about here. Clayton Whitehead is our guest. He's one of our road reporters, and he is also going to be the host for this particular trip in June. Clayton, you have come up with a theater combination in the Windy City that is fascinating to say the least. Tell us about it. Absolutely. I'm calling the trip the Dynamic Duo, and the duo are none other than Alexander Hamilton and the musical sensation Cher. Uh, They will both have their shows running this summer in Chicago, and we have tickets to both. This is a concert, a Cher concert? Uh, Let me tell you, Cher is joining the ranks of, of the Broadway biggies who are putting their life story on stage. So uh, in the same theme as Jersey Boys or, or Beautiful, uh, this show called The Share Show, appropriately enough, is going to be a, a, a biography, a staged biography, if you will, of the incredible entertainer whose real name, listen to this, is Sherilyn Sarcassian LaPierre Bono Allman. It's a good thing she goes just by Share for short. It strikes me that this show is going to have to be six hours long to chronicle her life. Well, I wouldn't doubt that at all. It's, it's going to be as a story of her life, starting with her childhood and uh, all the way up to the modern day. And she will be represented by a number of different actresses as we move from era to era to era. So we'll learn the backstory. And, of course, the incredible music that is the soundtrack of her life will be the score of the show. Clayton, I have to jump in here and ask uh, if you have this information. Uh, who would uh, put? Uh, who would do the writing? Yeah, the book was written by Rick Elise, who was the uh, the person who wrote the book for Jersey Boys. So he definitely has experience in this partic- particular genre. And it's directed by Jason Moore, who's the Tony-winning director from Avenue Q, which was a great musical about ten years ago. So there's a lot of uh, of real weighty Broadway folks that have put the show together. It's going to be in previews in Chicago, so it's not yet on Broadway. It's making its way to Broadway uh, via the Oriental Theater in Chicago for a long run this summer. So, Clayton, you got Cher and you got Hamilton, which I know has been running in Chicago for a little while, but how did you get tickets to Hamilton? Well, I guess I should say I have friends in high places. Uh, it definitely is a, a exciting selection of shows that we have. Of course, uh, uh, Hamilton the Musical is Lin-Manuel Miranda's smash hit uh, uh, based on the early days of the United States, the founding of our country, told through the lens of Alexander Hamilton, who was our first Secretary of the Treasury and and really quite instrumental in forming this great country that we all call home today. Um, It's an incredible story. It swept the Tonys a couple years ago, and uh, now it's on a very successful run in Chicago. And uh, like I said, I've got friends in high places, and we were able to get tickets. And it's in a theater, the CIBC Theater, which is directly across the street from our hotel. How's that for service? We're going to be staying at the uh, incredible Palmer House Hotel, a beautiful old historic hotel and and personally my favorite address, I must say, in Chicago. It's right on State Street near the uh, Art Institute, near the lake and the the beautiful parks. It's just the perfect address for sightseeing and for showgoing in the Windy City. Wow, and that's the same hotel that our Route 66 tour will originate at in April because it's a classic old 1920s 
vintage hotel in the heart of Chicago with a great location and a lot of history. So uh, an exciting four-day trip. Um, Clayton, tell us uh, when the trip goes. And, uh, of course, we'll put a link to it on TravelGuysRadio.com, but uh, how folks can become a part of this. I assume you only have fairly limited space for it. That is correct. I have exactly 35 seats, so that means I've got 34 to sell because you know I'm saving one for myself. So uh, a maximum group of only 35, and the dates are June the 27th through the 30th, just a few months from now. Uh, I believe sales have just started at the office, so I would encourage folks not to delay. I expect this trip to literally fly off the shelf. Outstanding. Clayton, anything else you want to tell folks about the trip before we let you go? Well, Chicago is just one of America's great cities. Um, It's right on Lake Michigan. The architecture is spectacular. This is where... Frank Lloyd Wright did some of his greatest work where the skyscraper was invented. Uh, The food, the Chicago food scene is just amazing. Hey, it's even the hometown of Oprah. So, I mean, how can it get any better than that? (laughs) Cher and Hamilton in Chicago with Clayton Whitehead. You can go to TravelGuysRadio.com if this sounds interesting to you, and you can find a link. As Clayton said, I suspect that this will, will go fairly quickly. So if it's something you have an interest in, get on the horn now and don't be left out. Clayton Whitehead, one of our road reporters, thank you for joining us from across the country today. Safe travels, my friend. Thank you, gentlemen. We'll see you next time. Excellent. A wonderful sports leisure vacations outing, sounds like to me. Mark, have you uh, have you ever had a chance to see Cher? I can tell you're a fan, but have you ever seen her? Like live on stage. I is. have. Yeah, exactly. I just think she's a fascinating person. I don't think she's the, the best vocalist ever. Or I mean, she is a pretty good entertainer, and she's had a really diverse life. And I, you know... I can't think of anybody that would be more interesting to tell their story on the stage than Cher. And you know, Tom, when they were talking about this last summer, I think we might have brought this up when it was first came up uh, last year. But she says that, you know, if it gets to Broadway, she might just show up one night and on the stage and sing a couple of her own songs. I mean, that just is you know, beyond imagination for yeah. that to happen. But, you know, she's the only lady who had a five-year uh, farewell tour, and it's the only person whose farewell tour played Sacramento twice and drew a big crowd both times. I remember that. We didn't think she would ever go away. And anyway, uh, I, I think I, I I wouldn't be at all surprised that uh, people be sitting in a uh, uh, at one of her shows, at the Cher show, and, and the, the very last segment where she's doing one of her final performances performances that that she would actually show up in and perform that would be awesome as clayton said they're going to have to have several different actresses to play her because they're going to you know it's a life story sort of thing so fascinating interesting i have a list a list (laughs) i have a list i have a list you know me i'm never without a list there you go ain't that Um, the truth 20 most expensive cities yeah 20 most expensive cities for business travel Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, the, the, the logical ones are on the top. New York, San Francisco, New York is a top one. Mm-hmm. They figured out the highest average per diem, you know, a hotel, car rental, and food. Uh, New York, four, $549 a day. San Francisco, 534 And then in short order follows Boston, Tokyo, Zurich. That's kind of interesting. London, very expensive city. Washington, D.C., agree with that one. You need a cheaper hotel just to go across the river. Uh, Chicago, uh, Basel, uh, Geneva, and uh, number 11, San Jose, (laughs) the 11th most expensive business travel city on the planet. 
According to this survey, San Jose. Well, you know how, I mean, a lot of people don't really, except for those here in California, we kind of get it, that San Jose being part of the Mm -hmm. Silicon Valley, uh, that it is, even though there are certain parts of San Jose that are somewhat depressed, you know, all the high... uh, Rollers in the uh, in technology uh, industry uh, uh, live and work there, so I, I could see how that that can be the case. And someday, maybe Austin. Yeah, a possibility. Um, Santa Barbara pops in at 19th on the most expensive, and it is the only smaller city on this top 20. Interesting here. Okay, those are the most expensive cities. Uh, here are the least expensive cities the least expensive business city on the planet of all the cities that they surveyed bakersfield california (laughs) Uh, remember how we said in in new york it was about 550 dollars a day for those for food a hotel and a car rental in bakersfield the average cost is 121 dollars and 48 cents biloxi shreveport albuquerque and tucson were some other u.s cities that made the 20 least expensive cities to travel in on business in the country whereas santa barbara san jose and san francisco all made the top 20 most expensive cities in the country and i have no idea what that really means except it helped fill this time and i find lists to be kind of entertaining and interesting Mm -hmm. so next week we are going to go to i'm headed to the new york times travel show and i'll be back with uh, those interviews, and so it's always a lot of fun when we do that, Tom. You know, we go uh, always have folks with travel attire and different interesting destinations and stuff. So that'll be our program next week on The Travel Guys. Don't forget to join us. We're headed to the New York Times Travel Show for the most interesting exhibitors there, and you'll get to talk to them. You'll get to hear me talk to them next week on The Travel Guys. All right, my friends, that wraps it up for this week. Don't forget now, visit TravelGuysRadio.com, and uh, you stay well, Mark. And remember to dance like nobody's watching. We'll talk to you next Sunday at 3 o'clock.